the, the look of work has changed. Like the work that my aunts and grandmother was were doing or, or women who were wearing dusters, you're not just like, yeah, we're still sweeping driveways and, you know, changing diapers and making lunch and all that. But we're also running companies. We're yeah. starting businesses. We're CEOs. We're CMOs. We're entrepreneurs doing all all these things. And it's all work, you know? Yeah. So what is the piece that can take you from the caregiving at home, the laundry you're doing while you're also on a Zoom, while you're also, you know, getting ready for the gala? What is that thing that can honestly just take you through your day that isn't a boho sort of tent dress? Welcome to Ben Better, How About You? I'm your host, Katie Nara, and I have been successfully managing my depression and anxiety for the past 15 years. If this sounds like a self-help commercial, it kind of is. Mental health can feel messy, confusing, and there is no universal prescription. But the more we openly talk about it, the more we will discover together. P.S. I am not a doctor, but I hope you will join me and my guests, including authors, doctors, celebrities, specialists, and friends to hear their journey with mental well-being and to learn tips and tools for support. So let's dive in. Melissa Magsaysay spent a decade as a reporter and editor and continues to contribute to the Los Angeles Times, Business of Fashion, and The Hollywood Reporter. As a trusted voice in the fashion industry, she is dedicated to telling stories focused on diversity and inclusion in fashion and beauty and currently heads up content for the inclusive beauty platform 13 Loon. She co-hosts the podcast, The Beauty Vanguard, which explores beauty through the lens of culture and ethnicity. Most recently, she launched the clothing line, Duster, as an homage to her Filipino heritage. Welcome, Melissa. This has been like the most stressful last 10 days of my life. Oh, no, why? Did I tell you over text that I tore my ACL? Yeah, because there was some party right? or, yeah. So yes. I, That's yeah, like. major. No, it really sucks. I'm having surgery on Tuesday. I just moved into my new place. I've never had any major surgery in my life. I'm like, oh, this is the surgery I, I'm having. Like, like, I don't get fun surgery, like plastic surgery or something. Right, um, right. No stuff that shows. Right. I've been thrown off Finny like twice this year. You know, if someone was just walking by, they'd be like, whoa, are you okay? I literally mm -hmm. tore my ACL just dismounting. Oh, no. And I guess the more I learn about it, you can tear your ACL. Doing like nothing. Yeah. It's oh. crazy. I will say, though, I am like, I saw some footage of one of these European football players, like they tore their ACL. They're like bawling, being yeah. taken off the field in a stretcher. Let me tell you, girl, I tore my ACL. I mean, the pop is loud and I like fell down Ooh. and I was like, oh my God. I was like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm fine. And so then I like get up and I'm walking my horse and I just fell over. Like my oh. knee was like, I know. So when's your surgery? Tuesday. Oh, shit. Yes. And I'm going to the surgeon that like rebuilt Tom Brady's knee. So do you think yeah. he's going to be like nervous to just operate on me? He's going to be so nervous. Yeah, like I a next you're... level athlete. Yeah, I hope you have your legs insured. Seriously. And if you were sitting down with someone right now mm -hmm. and they were asking like, hey, how are you? What would you say? I'm currently a mold warrior. No, I'm kidding. I'm experiencing the joys of home ownership, the highs and lows of home ownership. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I 
co-own a line called Duster, which is a spin on a house dress. And now we call them a day dress, really, but aka a Duster, which really sees a woman through or a person through their day and all of the ways in which we work, which entails everything from school pickups and drop-offs and Zooms and, you know, travel and offices and, you know, all the things that are, are considered work for women and caregivers. And then I'm also the head of content for a inclusive beauty retailer called 13 Loon. And it is 90% black and brown owned beauty brands. And we have a store on Larchmont and we're in over 600 JCPenney stores. And then I also still am a writer, which is like my, my OG original kind of occupation and how most people probably know me as a fashion beauty journalist. As the real deal. As the, the real Filipino deal. Filipino Anderson were... Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> that is trademark. I like that. That's how I'm trademarking you. Thank you that so much. That would be a way more succinct approach to explaining what I do and who I am, etc. You're, you're a Filipino Anderson Cooper. Cooper in a duster. In a duster. That is exactly what happens. And then when I'm not busy with those jobs, I uh, take care of a child. He's 11. His name is Miles. I renovate my home only because I have to, because of some mold. You're currently keeping him mold-free? Yeah, that is. I'm tr currently trying to keep my child alive and away from mold. That's actually been the last three weeks of my life. Yeah, just a few things. Just a few hats, if you will. So inclusive beauty, redefining workwear for women. I've seen more that people are coming out with clothing lines or brands that are practical, dare I say, mm -hmm. and where it makes sense of, oh, this is what I want to wear all day long. I don't know if it's because mm -hmm. of post-pandemic and yeah. working from yeah. home or all of that. What do you think? No, a hundred percent. I agree. I think between beauty and fashion in general, everything is beyond saturated. Saturated it doesn't even begin to cut it, right? There, there is, there are so many brands out there, especially with beauty. Beauty is having like such a huge moment. It's all about beauty and starting beauty brands. So it's really, really hard to cut through the noise. I, I think that unless you're doing something not gimmicky, I mean, truly innovative and, and to your point, being just pretty ultra practical and kind of just cutting to the chase and like, what do, what do women really need right now? What yeah. sees them through their day? What are we really dealing with every day? Not even just what people see on Instagram or put on Instagram. Like, what are we actually like when we're like at a low even, and we're like having a little cry to ourselves in the, in the bathroom or in the shower or whatever, like, what are we really going through every day? Like what could actually help, you know, mm -hmm. as far as like sortorially speaking, address not going to solve all of women's inequalities or economic inequalities, whatever it is, and level the playing field completely. But the approach with Duster is really to be practical, like you said, but also chic and elevated. And, yes. you know, it's it. there are a lot of like sort of boho-y soft options out there. And we really wanted to have like a more sort of buttoned up, sophisticated approach. Like the fabric is really crisp. We have some details like puff sleeves and like, you know, yeah. really like stand up collars and things that feel like you could really run to 
a lunch or a meeting and feel really pulled together and not like you're in like a floaty nightgown and Birkenstocks. Fine yeah. too. I mean, this is all subjective, right? We're not like talking like you're going to court or something. <laughs> no, but it's true. And I think I think practical it practical doesn't have to mean boring or no. not ironed or all those other adjectives that you're using to, to describe Duster and what people want, because I think it makes sense. And it's probably yeah. why it's speaking to many people and what they could actually use in their life. Totally. I think there is a lot of intentionality in the simplicity of the brand and the pieces. And I think, like I said, like it just, it, the approach right now, it really has to be just something that'll cut through the noise. I mean, you never know what's going to cut through the noise, obviously, with an audience right now because they're bombarded with so many things. But I think you have to think about not just putting another thing out there, especially not just putting another thing out there that's already sort of like what was already happening, like another version of what's already happening and jumping on a bandwagon. You might have a hit of success because it's trendy, but I think for the long game, it's like, okay, what do we feel like could really be helpful right now, but also evolve with this person, right? And there's something yeah, like that what could are, grow yeah. with someone, right? Yeah, yeah. And even when I was going through my closet a year ago, it was it was funny and also sad, a bit melancholy that you see all these shoes or dresses or for me that I, oh, I used to wear this. This used to be in my life, and I just feel it's such a 180 of what mm. I do or what I even would want to wear. Right. Right. And that'll happen like with people in different, yeah. you know, but just doing something like kind of timeless and that feels more like it's in line with the, the practicality and logistics of somebody's day to day. Like a boring example might be like a black blazer, the perfect pair of black pants, like that you, you don't really grow out of, you don't grow tired of it. You, you always kind of turn back to it. And not to say that we don't focus on like flourishes and design and things that feel like design elements, but um, for the most part, it, it's kind of straightforward and things that really feel like a woman that seem like a woman feels supported. And then obviously we have a give back component where we give 2% of every duster to um, Moms First, which works with advocacy partners to change the workplace, culture, um, government to create more subsidies for women and caregivers and, and mothers specifically because domestic labor and like invisible labor, like we aren't compensated for those things as mothers and caregivers. And financially speaking, it's the biggest, it, it could close the economic gap between women and men. It's not a small thing, you know? That's great. This is the definition of a duster, a woman's loose, lightweight, full-length coat without buttons of a style originally worn in the 1920s when traveling in an open car. Yeah. So or I don't like know if that's whistle. the American, I don't know if that also is what you would, because isn't this really from the Philippines you were saying, yeah. right? Yes. So like there's a duster, like you just read the definition of, which is a coat. Yeah. yeah. There's a duster coat, which I love duster coats. Mm -hmm. Um but the the a duster is what people call a house dress in the Philippines. I don't know why it's called a duster. And maybe because it's like worn in the house for housework. I was wearing a duster a few weeks ago and started on a garage project and was all dusty. And 
you know, came up and still was wearing it, just shook it off a little. There you but go. yeah, I, yeah. So I really like, I grew up around my mom wearing dusters, my aunt, my grandmother, you know, you, it's like what you wore sort of like off duty before there was an off duty. And, you know, maybe the most, the most you do in a duster out of the house is run to a grocery store, maybe, but right. I don't even know you, that you would. So when we were ideating this, my business partner, Andrea Racy and I, I had gone to her because she is a designer and a, ma- and a manufacturer and she knows about production and all this, uh, you know, because she has other lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, I went to her because I just wanted like eight dusters for myself. I'm like, I just want these like straightforward, sort of like comfortable, crisp, like chic dresses for myself. Like, because I cannot find anything. And she was like, wait, this is like kind of a cute idea for a brand, like maybe more women, it would see and serve more women. And I'm like, well, I want it to see and serve even more women if we could have like sort of a give back component. We just kept using the term duster as like a placeholder. Like we never called it anything different. And then when it came time to naming it, she's like, what are we going to name it? I'm like, well, duster. Because, you know, I think I think it's so cute. And I, I love the way the word looks. And it also felt like an homage to my culture and duster literally means a house dress and we always say the the look of work has changed like the work that my aunts and grandmother was were doing or or women who were wearing dusters you're not just like yeah we're still sweeping driveways and you know changing diapers and making lunch and all that but we're also running companies we're starting businesses we're CEOs, we're CMOs, we're entrepreneurs doing all all these things. And it's all work, you know? Yeah. So what is the piece that can take you from the caregiving at home, the laundry you're doing while you're also on a Zoom, while you're also, you know, getting ready for the gala? Like, what is that thing that can honestly just take you through your day that isn't a boho sort of tent? dress like there's it's just it's like it's just no fuss you know no fuss no fuss and and the practicality is is definitely um yeah it doesn't have to be boring it can feel like more like a no-brainer which I think if you can you know you kind of can't put a value on time saved worry less worry less like one less thing to think about yeah, brands or designs that stand out to me of late, something you can check off your list, right? We're so totally. with stories and pandemics and just so yeah, many things so happening. Uh, so that, much. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I know what I'm wearing and I can wear it at home and I can wear it to the grocery store and I can also put on some heels and go out with it at night and it's comfortable yeah. and it's and easy then, to work from home from, totally. you know, it just works. Totally. And I think so many women, and you are a great example of this, like have really, really fun and exciting accessories. I find accessories to be the most fun to buy. So this is a foundation. Duster is like really a foundational piece that mm-hmm. with that that really just works with like, I think how so many cool, busy, smart women, dynamic women dress today simple go-to pieces and that are great a great fit that work with your lifestyle and then you're buying really great accessories every season well and also i think it's more i mean as always when i when i used to make jackets it people well they will invest in a jacket but 
Totally. I love but that. But even above that, people will invest in shoes and bags and accessories. They're also more universal because they're more size friendly for obvious reasons, you know? Yes. So I think they just are going to, they just always have done better across multiple platforms. And you can just throw them on with your duster now. Throw them on with your duster. Maybe we'll have to do a, you'll have to come back. um, You'll have to come out of retirement to do some duster coat for us. I would love to. You know, I've written about a bajillion companies over the years. And and knowing yeah, the story, fashion for so for so long, like five hundred million years into the <laughs> dark ages. Um, no, and and so I've I've been privy to the stories and and the inspiration, the impetus behind so many brands and why they started, and you know, there's a million different reasons why, and and people from different backgrounds. So I've, I've you know, known the anecdotal side and, and sort of the, ro- the romantic side of the story. And then moving into getting involved with startups and being on the founding teams of like 11 on Ray and now 13 Loon, like then I've been able to see the nuts and bolts of how to start a brand from a business side. Do you feel that it is important in 2023, about to be 2024, that a brand also has a message? That people just can't have a brand to have a brand, kind of as, you know, even a callback to what we were saying earlier. Everything has to have an authentic story or origin story or just like a point of view or, or impetus for being right, basically right. like it should be authentic, especially if it's very founder led founder forward, people are going to expect that founder to have a story. So many of the brands, especially that are BIPOC founded came to be because the founders didn't have something that served them. Right. Right. And so the origin story there is you're creating for yourself. And once you create for yourself, you're not the only person out there who looks like you or may have the same issue. So you're addressing that customer that the industry has failed to see or serve. So I think just broadening the scope to serve more people, like a broader customer base, is an amazing thing. It's what should happening in beauty regardless, the in the day and age we're living in. There is, I think, a, a societal and also industry expectation that you do make your brand as inclusive as possible. But what does that mean to you? You can't do something that doesn't feel authentic to you and true to who you are, or else it's obviously just performative and that's not sustainable and it's not good. I think there's some expectation to at least attempt to be inclusive because so many people, people of color particularly, have been left out of the beauty conversation, just like we talk about so many plus size people have been left out of the fashion conversation. Mm -hmm. So we've passed the point where inclusivity is a trend. Like it's come up and it's become, thankfully, mm-hmm. the norm. Yeah. Right? More so than not. Absolutely. I'm not saying that if you aren't an inclusive beauty brand that you are not going to be successful. I mean, you do you. Right. But I think that it feels, it, it should feel better that you're serving all people. And I think it's harder to go out of your way to be like, I specifically do not want to serve right. that crowd of people. <laughs> I mean, listen, social justice, and the public's involvement in general with everything. There's no real separation between brand and customer so much anymore, which is awesome. You know, customers feel like they are part of a brand, like they have a hand in building it and propelling it forward and their voices are being heard and their needs are being met. I Mm -hmm. completely agree. Yes, it's uh, they are. The audience now is part of the brand. But don't I think in some ways 
it can stifle a designer's creativity. Totally. You start to just bend too much to the audience or too much what I want. And it's like, well, what happened to this is what we're doing? Like, get on the train or off it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do agree. I think, you know, I think different channels serve different purposes, like social maybe more as obviously more interactive with that customer and and the voice is a little different and you know whoever is doing community management is in there and and you have sort of your set way of dealing with that but then you know obviously the customer is not going to be involved in like your billboard on sunset like that's absolutely or your show or whatever it is but I think when it comes to like let's just say if you're talking about a designer who's like really popular and they're like runway whatever sort of a higher end designer, like maybe one of the biggest call outs could be size inclusivity or fur right. or leather, like, you know, vegan versus, you know, just animal and planet friendly or planet friendly in general. So, you, you know, in that way, I think a designer, let's say in that realm of designer may have to answer to that in certain categories. Right. But if you're like a really mass market brand and you, you know, do open it up to a consumer, you know, consumer feedback, like you have open castings and, you know, like a brand like Good American or something like they are very community oriented. And that is a huge pillar of their business and their success. Right. Um, Being inclusive and having the customer really see herself pretty much everywhere and or a version of herself. So in that, no, it is. It seems like it's a much smarter. Or I don't know if you're familiar with Malbin, the golf brand. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like to have fellow Filipino. Shout out mm-hmm. to Erica. I was just in her store the other day. It was yeah. so great. Yeah. So they the for sure. And I think it's I think it's even probably easier when it's a brand that's an for an activity because you know yeah. you can have events that everyone's yeah. doing the activity yes. and it can be really feel very yeah. you know very in- inclusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I mean, that in itself drives such a, a big community aspect because it's the golf community, right? And our right. golf adjacent even. So people who love golf, it's just like, oh my God, finally we get something cool to wear too. Like we could be. Yeah. Know, like it's like, like golf clothes have been so boring for so long. Yeah. And, and also when you think of golf, or at least when I think, if you think of like the white man at the country club, you know, right. It's so much more inclusive. Yeah. Not just like ethnicity, just everything. Mm-hmm. Socioeconomic, like, you know, industries across industries, across different yeah. of what a golfer is. Yeah. My son and his friends went into that store because they're a 10 and 11. And Malvin really did grow quite um, exponentially during the pandemic because people were had to be outside to play yeah. sports. Totally. And there were so many people like my brother got really into golf in the pandemic. He had played it a little before, but he got like really into it. And he's, you know, a 30 something ad executive, like creative producer. Like he is their target customer, you know. Um, So, yeah, they do a really great job of marketing and their merchandise is is awesome. And they really know their customer and they have a really strong point of view. They they serve their, their demographic that they were created for it. And that's that's great. And I think that that's, that's like with such a white space in the market. But, you know, they don't necessarily have a mission per se, you right. know, as a pillar of their brand. And 
totally doesn't affect them whatsoever. But I think um, and to me, like that to me, though, is fine. Like, I don't need everybody's opinion on like Israel and Palestine. It's a really it, it is a sensitive time, it's a very delicate topic it, for sure. And our country and our politics are so polarized in general and then Mm -hmm. on the global sort of political stage like it's it's extra polarizing and it it does resonate back to the the sort of feeling in america in general what i always say is at the end of the day we're selling beauty we're selling lipstick and or we're selling a dress so i don't want to conflate commerce with current events it is you have to be very, very, very delicate. I have ADHD. I need to hear it again. <laughs> Conflate commerce with current events because you, you have to ask yourself as a brand, what are we really doing here? Right. Yeah. Are we just chiming in to chime in and just at being a And the answer court? is eight, 95% of the time they are. I don't need to share my rage online and either do you. Oh, the New York Times article. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was read brilliant. that. It was- I did. I thought it was really brilliant too, Katie Nira, but then I saw people share it on social. I'm not saying I believe this, but after I was a little frustrated because afterward I saw it shared on social a lot and people were like, this is obviously a white woman writing this. And it's like, it's showing her privilege. Like, oh, you don't have to say anything. Well, lucky for you, you, you know, good for you. You, you can, you're, you're in a place where you can put your head in the sand. Okay, cool. But here's the thing. I see what people are saying, like when someone's like, I don't actually, they miss the point of what this woman's saying. She's not saying, I don't have to. I think we would have less of that if people were more open-minded of just listening to someone else's opinion. Again, what you're saying, no one got it. Of course, no one wants children beheaded, you know, and then people are like, oh, well, you, you're not saying anything. So that's what you want. No, yeah. I don't think we need no. Maybelline making an announcement. <laughs> Thank okay. you, no. Thank you, no. So here's the thing, too. So as a brand, if we're talking, you know, okay, the conflating commerce and current events, right. So ask yourself that. But then also ask yourself, have I been doing the work mm-hmm. up until this point? Am I on the front lines of this cause? Whatever it is. Like, so Israel, Palestine, right? Did you just start Googling shit right now and figuring it out? Like, the answer is or, probably yes. Yeah, exactly. Were, are you just starting to read these headlines? Out? Great. Be informed how, whenever and however in your timeline and in your life you become informed. We all come into these things in our own time, right? And we are, beco- we are always being educated. And that is the beauty of being open, right? But, but I think people were in such a walking on eggshells political climate that I think some people don't learn because they're afraid to ask. They're afraid to ask. Right? But here's the thing you know? is that like, we all have blind spots, mm-hmm. not just white people. We all Everybody. have blind yeah, spots. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have blind spots about you, vice versa. Right. I think we can't be afraid to be very honest with the fact that we all have blind spots. Nobody has it down. It's just a constant evolution. And also like having people and sources online, social media, friends that right. you feel comfortable just asking questions, yeah. you know, and that's the only way we're going to learn. I think people feel they can't even like someone couldn't even go on social and be like, I really don't know the history of this or what. No, going. you can't. Because it's a very would, like it, 
tear yeah. them apart. Like, what's wrong with you? You not oh, that you, you not know the history of like what? Or like, or the the thing that I I see a lot is like, and I think what people are afraid why they're afraid to do that is because it's like, oh, look at you. You've never even had to worry about that. Yes. Aren't you lucky? You're so yeah. privileged. Yeah. And you know what? Many of us are in different positions of privilege at different times. And sometimes right. we are in the othered community. We're in the marginalized community. We're in the vulnerable position. It, it all changes. And, and there's always a time when someone, you know, may be feeling something and, and being affected by something more than another person. That's when we have the chance to learn about what other people are going through. So my point is too about like, if you're thinking about this from a brand point of view, especially, but even just anyone on social, um, it, you have to think about if you're going to speak up on a topic and act like, or, or speak from a point of like somewhat having some authority or, or knowledge, there are so many people who are fighting these fights all the time. Yeah. Whether it's their job or they are just community activists or they're scholars or whatever it is, they've dedicated their life or a portion of their life, put themselves in danger, put their families in danger for this cause, for this plight. So next time you think about, especially if you're a brand, hopping on and, you know, adding your two cents, like, you have to also think about maybe you can add to the conversation via maybe the people who are and have been doing this work all along. Right. And, you know, maybe someone you have just become knowledgeable of and, and someone introduced you to them or their work. And you're like, wow, that really speaks. I'm getting a lot of education, a lot of insight from their years and or, or you know, their involvement in this in this cause or this issue. And then, you know. Maybe you could add a little something in the caption about how this person, you know, you're you're learning from this person or they had a great take or I really appreciate like, this. Put POV. it in your stories. Oh, this was right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like when when we all jump in as experts on every other topic with a, like coming in hot with an opinion, I think yeah. it's, you're doing disservice to people who have really been well, there. You're, you're making it about you. Not the cause. You're you're totally making it about you, and you're that's my and problem. Twisting it, and it's that's my problem. It's self-serving, and if you are a brand, and again, this all ends. I don't care if it's on social; it all ends up in your Shopify account. It all ends up on the back end, and your bottom line, and what you're you know right. you're selling stuff. It all ends up in something leaving the warehouse to go out to somebody who bought it. It's a it can get kind of icky really fast. So you have to think through these things as a brand or, you know, before you speak. And also you have to think about this. If you start speaking on one thing and you are big enough and you have a big enough platform or you become big enough shortly thereafter, you got to be ready to speak on the next thing. You don't right. just get to speak for like, again, it goes That's back a good to point. like, it goes back to like, like I'll use the Neely Lowtown example. Like she's Israeli, but whatever. I'm not going to expect her to go speak on like, Roe v. Way, you know, abortion rights, whatever, in two weeks or whatever, or voting yeah. or whatever. Like it doesn't, I don't mean that. But like with 13 Loon, while we're a mission-based brand, I think the one thing we posted on on the feed was when Roe v. Wade was overturned because it's a, it's a domestic issue. It's a woman co-founded and the majority of the company is, are women and also allies who, you know, men who are allies who didn't support 
the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that decision. So we did speak out about that. And that was for women and civil rights of women in general. We really like discussed that as a brand. We discussed other current events and topics and and really bat it back and forth and and have these conversations. But through those conversations, I've put some of these sort of like these little guidelines I've been talking about, like content, um, commerce and current events and, you know, what do I have to add? Like I have like a set of a few questions and guardrails around these things that I do kind of ask the team and ask myself, like, okay, what are we really doing here? Is this a little gross? Is it, does that mean we have to speak about the next thing and the next thing? And like, we are not CNNs. I think that's smart to say that. And what's funny is when I read that article, the New York Times, the opinion, Mm -hmm. when I almost put it in my stories and I go, you know what? Everyone's going to think exactly what you said. Yeah. That just because people have nothing better to do. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's a it's a tricky time, but it's also an exciting time to be a brand because you can really cultivate a community and a level of engagement where people are listening and, you know, you can stand for something like Um, a conversation, a conversation and you're standing for something. But you have to put guardrails around what that is. You can't be everything to everyone or else you're an influencer. Brands have to remember they're not influencers. Founders have to remember a lot of them are influencers. But when it comes to your brand. That's a really good point because and even even influencers get called out some 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 I wouldn't say get called out where it's where they're you're selling too many things like who are you, you know? Yeah. You're selling but I vegan think- cheese and you're selling like jerky sticks, you know, like it's right. <laughs> listen, I'm all about I'm all about people also just get, you know, cash and check. That's why I don't I, that's why I don't get into politics on social. Right. Really. But that's that's good. Unless I really feel like you're saying this is something I need to talk about. Right. Or right. relates directly right. to me. It I'm relates going- directly to you. You're not exactly. just doing it in a self-serving way. Like you yeah. have real feelings and and like something yeah. to add to the conversation. But founders who, you know, gain popularity or, or were influencers before you've got your page, you've got your brand page, you know, to they shouldn't look the same is my point. Right. They shouldn't have the same you are building a brand you your brand as far as like if you have a product like a product line or a service or whatever um not your personal brand it needs to be run like a business and obviously influencers have this that, that being an influencer is can be a business if you are big enough but you have to kind of separate the two and, and in separating the two and always thinking of them as two separate businesses and you know, one of them you're not maybe like so front facing on as a founder. That's not the one where you talk about like politics and domestic issues and blah, blah, blah. Like if you do, you just got to be ready. You just got to be ready. You know, you just got to be ready for a lot of people to say a lot of stuff and you got to be ready to keep talking. You don't just talk on one or two things and then you get to shut off and be like, okay, I'm good. I did my part. Back back to ring light and makeup and lipstick and whatever. Like you have to keep it going if you want it to, I don't know, if you want to just continue to be building a sustainable brand with a lot of integrity, consistent messaging, 
and the foundation of your brand to be just really strong from a messaging standpoint. Yeah, you know? that it's a consistent message. Why is 13 Loon important? So 13 Loon is a retail platform. It's we have private label where we have all the great beauty stuff going on. But at its core, it really is a vehicle for change. Black, Latinx people are a majority consumer. It's like 64% is Black and Latinx of who consumes beauty, who buys beauty. But as far as like Black and Latinx people having equity in the industry, mm-hmm. owning brands, owning parts of the supply chain, packaging companies, fulfillment centers, whatever, like chemists, mm-hmm. behind the scenes and on ownership level, it's super imbalanced. Yeah. So what 13 Loon does is really resets the retail landscape of saying, here are all these amazing black and brown BIPOC-owned beauty brands mm-hmm. for everyone, P.S., because traditionally we've walked into, a, whether it was a Walgreens or a CVS, and the aisles have been like all the like CoverGirl Maybelline, mm-hmm. which now we're very inclusive with their shade ranges. Right. But then you had like ethnic hair care. It was like one row like or one, one shelf. Yeah. God forbid so much of that stuff is behind glass or right. cases or whatever. That's what I remember growing up with. And right. obviously that's your everyday kind of interaction, going to the mm-hmm. store, whatever. And that clearly sends a very strong message to the consumer, to the retailer too. So basically since you're not important, you're yeah, or it's othered, it's everything about you is different. Sidelines. Right. Totally. And also the beauty industry is not really for you. Right. But we know it is. It's for everybody. And so by reframing that retail landscape and then in turn creating more financial parity for people of color to have more ownership of the beauty industry. And again, that serves us as women in general, whether you are a woman of color or not, because then it just opens up what beauty ideals are because not to knock all the any of the legacy cosmetic brands out there like the big empires yes. but those have been run and probably for the most part still are predominantly by older white men that's a very good point like oh, estee lauder right Elizabeth Arden, right like, right right yeah, okay. like the big the, mm-hmm. you know pngs the unilevers fine i mean that's been the trajectory of a lot of sort of american capitalism and commerce and the titans of industry and stuff mm-hmm. but you know, if that continues to be the way and you're only seeing inclusivity down here, I mean, it really has to like be trickling up to the top and more voices, more people have to be in those like C-suites, boardrooms, making decisions at the top for things to really change. So the growth of 13 Loon has been so incredible. And so the fact that we're in over 600 JCPenney stores, JCPenney is the oldest retail in America. So it really does send like an awesome message that like, yeah, a Texas based, like hundred plus old retailer is prioritizing inclusivity and really serving their customer because they have a predominantly Latinx customer. So it's great. That's awesome. We always end with five questions. What do you do for a mental break besides tap dancing? Mm, I hike a lot. Is that so cliche to live in LA? No. Like, I hike. No, I feel like so many people, it's either like an exercise. I mean, or you being outside. I, think I go lucky that on walks. And I think that having in the pandemic, like living in the canyon mm-hmm. and we're like hills, right? So it's not like a leisurely walk. You're like <laughs> booty burning. Having felt like I had some agency over my life and Mm -hmm. being outside and that I could still control something and feel good. Mm -hmm. Hiking is a a non-negotiable. I I love hiking Laurel Canyon, Fryman Canyon. I don't do running, 
It's okay. a little too much of a scene. Oh, just so you right. know. Number two, when is the last time you cried? The last night. I'm so happy to hear you say that. I'm not, so many people are like this. Mm, like four <laughs> months ago? I'm also like, like PMS Central, but like, yeah, I, well, okay. regardless of that. That's fine. I think last night. I needed to. Because I've been watching a lot of Queer Eye. Oh. I mean, they built her a barn, the episode I watched last night. You would like it because it was like, rescue all the rescue animals i'm ready to start crying now yeah (laughs) number three what are you currently reading oh gosh i'm reading a visit from the goon squad by jennifer egan this sounds very intriguing but i just ordered a book today that's coming tomorrow called the monk of mocha by dave eggers it's like mocha like chocolate it's like m-o-k-h-a or something it is about something about coffee this guy who like brought coffee and like helped this helped Yemen based it's about coffee in Yemen all right yeah what is the best and worst advice you've been given my mom's given me so much great advice one of them is just take the next best step which is just like she's very practical and she's very like just keep moving forward so sometimes when everything feels so complicated and complex and I'm neurotic and all this stuff I just do say that like a mantra because it cuts through the noise for me so it may not work for everybody because everybody else is a little more balanced and not no, that's so, great advice. so noisy in there. But I think being someone who is like it, my brain just goes into knots to like just step outside of it and almost like physically take the next best step. Like on the dance floor. Flat ball change forward. And then there's something I made up because I read this article and it was about some woman in Vanity Fair. A friend of hers said something like, that they loved her because she was like a magnet, not a climber. Like she's really, really successful in life. Okay. And I love that always resonated with me. And I'm like, I'm going to like say that as a mantra. Like that's awesome. Be a magnet, not a climber. Yeah. Especially like, let's get real. We live in LA. Yeah. We live in a world that's very like star fucker, social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be anywhere now, right? Right. It's like people wanting to be influenced or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be LA. I think it's definitely heightened here. Yeah. So, it's like be a magnet, not a climber. Mm-hmm. Just be the best version of yourself. Be charismatic. Do as much as you can because it brings you some kind of joy. And is it, can you be ambitious? A hundred percent. Can you have some friends that are a little more transactional or this? Or you yeah. kind of, but like align with those reasons. Right. Like just call it what it is and right. just treat everybody the same. Just be a nice fucking person. Yeah. Be a good person and be like a kind person. Do what you can for other people. And at this point in my life, it's like career-wise, whatever. Like, I love connecting people. I love collaborating and yeah. like throwing out ideas. And if that helps somebody, that's great. But yeah. like, I get joy from it too. I just like to riff on ideas with smart people. Yeah. And fun people. Good soul. Could be a good soul. Exactly. <laughs> and your worst advice? Someone's oh, when I first moved to New York to like work in fashion, Everybody said, and I had already written, I had been published. No, oh, when I, you had moved, okay. Well, in college, like okay, I wrote okay. for local magazines yeah. in Boston and a, a mag, like a pop culture magazine in San Francisco. So I was like, I'm like a fucking prize here. Like I'm going to walk Riding into Vogue yeah. and they're going to just hire me. Ask, yep. That did not happen. <laughs> opposite, all opposite. Like I was crying. I was like, like sliding down fire escapes. <laughs> I was just like calling home every day. I was like begging for $20,000 a year jobs. So <laughs> everyone and people started to tell me like, well, it's because it's all about who you know in fashion. I was like, fuck you. That's not true. I'm smart. I'm qualified. I'm this and that. Right. Turns out those people, they were kind of right. It is kind of who you know. 
like it helps. I right, think. right, I right, think fashion right. has become less incestuous. You can come from the middle of Kansas and just work your way or but it's hard. It, it, it's harder. Media. It is harder. It is I know harder. What you're it's yeah. different. Like 20 years later, it's different, which I think it's more inclusive and, and a little bit more accessible. So it was it was mixed advice. Okay. It was I rejected it at first. I kind of got into it later. I did more networking. I did the door at clubs in Chelsea and just met all kinds of people. That's how I like met really? most people. Yes. Like, that is. Were you a bounce? No, like a very petite one? I was a door girl. Oh, okay. okay. I was a door girl. You're like, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I could throw people out. I believe Not it. Not me physically, but I had the power <laughs> to throw people out. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What Instagram account do you find uplifting, if any? It's like social media, as we were just talking about, can be very toxic. Like, oh, you know what is my favorite Instagram account? It's so good. It lifts me up. It literally does yes. the like mental uplift trick is Tiny Gentle Asians. His cutest videos of like Asian babies are just like litter, like so. But the girl who runs it, I don't know her name. I We were like DMing and I like secretly want to be her best friend. I think she's in Australia. Her captions are so goddamn funny. Like, really? Yeah, just like quick captions of the graphic that she'll put up over. Yeah. And it makes it relatable. Like technically all the babies are Asian. But it Look, just, I mean, like a little Asian meme. babies are cuter. They're so cute. I'm sorry. I'm not saying they're cuter than other babies. I think they are. It's just like the name of the account, Tiny Gentle Asian. And then she like. I thought you were talking about like tiny, like old people. No. Like no, no, old no. Old people being gentle. No, people. it's babies. Okay. They're all babies. Or I like old Asian people too. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Um, And yes, follow okay. Tiny Gentle Asians. So good. All right. So fun. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, you mean like on Instagram? Well, just like what are your handles, your website, at your OnlyFans account, at Melissa Magsaysay for all of them. Okay, great. Haven't started the OnlyFans yet, but like you know, listen, times are tough. Um, go. at Melissa Magsaysay website is you go to shopduster.com. Is yes, and then you go to thirteenloon.com for some beauty. So many. Thank, Thank you, girl. I love getting better with you. Doing better. <laughs> getting better. <laughs> getting better. I think I'm better Have already. you gotten better? You've gotten better. Better than when I walked in here. Yeah, exactly. Me too. I'm hungrier. I know. But I'm right? better. Thank you. I'm- Thank you for tuning in to Ben Better. How about you? To learn more, please visit benbetterhbu.com and check out our Instagram, bbhbu. Slide into our DMs with your questions and or comments. Also, be sure to subscribe for your weekly prescription. This pharmacy is open 24-7.